Welcome, friends, to Finding Her, a podcast that dives deep into personal development, creating a brand and business, self-management skills, and how to build that damn village, to name a few. I am your host, Julia Busby, a special education teacher by day that is working hard at building a brand, business, and community that will bring awareness and personal growth through weekly episodes. These weekly episodes will entail discussing topics we all have a hard time talking about in society. Just like you, I am a human juggler in this life, a wife who despises housework, and a mother of three. My passion is to serve others. So are you ready to learn? Let's do this. Oh my God, I'm in a glass case of emotion, friends. It's episode 28, and I am Julia Busby, your host of Finding Her. I cannot believe that I am almost to the closing of the 2019 season of Finding Her. It's amazing. But today, episode 28 is all about limiting beliefs with Bonnie McVie. So let me tell you a little bit about her. Bonnie McVie is the owner of a life coach business who is passionate about partnering with women to clear their limiting beliefs, focusing on evolving their mindsets and teaching them how to take steps that advance their goals. In her previous career, Bonnie was a hairdresser and enjoyed building rapport with her clients, learning about their lives and making transformations that help them feel confident, composed and celebrated. Today, Bonnie utilizes her life coach business to instill courage and ignite joy in the lives of her clients in midlife transitions as they awaken to their magnificence and create a life they are excited about. She says for her, there is nothing better than seeing a client have that aha moment, allowing them to take action in a completely new way. She's badass, by the way. Welcome to the show, Bonnie McVie. Well, thank you, Julia. (laughs) Well, I... I'm going to start off the show like I always do with my guests, and I'm going to ask you, what are you grateful for today? I am especially grateful lately for my husband because he goes out of his way to take care of me, and he pays attention to the little things. Oh, and he often, I love this. I know, and he often brings me coffee in bed if for some reason he gets up before I do. And I drink Uh a whole lot of bubble water, and he always knows when I'm at the end of my can of water, and he always brings me another one. I love him. You've trained him well. No, he (laughs) did it all on his own. I did not train him. He's just a sweet guy. Oh, I I love that. Great. And for me... I want to share that I am grateful today for this community. I was driving into work this morning and I kind of got a little teary eyed because uh, the show's reach and all of our platforms is about a half a million. Wow. Um, that's wide. awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. So I'm like, Oh my God, I did all that work and all these late nights and, you know, just really, I just have so much passion about this to help other people. Um, through my experience and all the things that everything is just really, really coming together right now. So um, for anybody that's that's listening that, that really feels like I can't do that because I'm afraid or I don't know how to do it. Like this person here, man, (laughs) 
I just started it. I press record and I jumped. So thank you. Thank you to everybody. So today's show is titled Limiting Beliefs. And I know that this is your zone of genius. And uh, for my listeners, I met Bonnie at a retreat in Santa Barbara, and I was just blown away by her knowledge and her expertise um, in this area. So I'd like for you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so I actually am one of the original life coaches. I am a retired hairdresser after almost 30 years, and I do a lot of coaching behind that chair without the tools and the skills that I now have after going through a certified coaches training program, Mm -hmm. and I have been coaching for 14 years. Amazing. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And let's start off with the limiting beliefs, like how I how I came to meet you and what you were presenting at that time. Right. So a couple of very interesting facts about limiting beliefs. They live in our subconscious. And the average adult lives in their subconscious mind 95% of the day. The average adult also makes an average of 35,000 decisions in a day. So think about that for a minute. We're living subconsciously, making all these decisions about our life, our relationships, and our business from our limiting beliefs. And those limiting beliefs are the things that we got when we were young. We acquired them when we were young, Mm -hmm. and often they were other people's opinions of us or who they thought we should be. And they are the things that stop us in life. They're the things that tell us we're not good enough or we're not smart enough. And those are the things that bring fear into our life. And those are the things that self, that's, that add up to the self-sabotage. Blah. Right. <laughs> Yeah. And that's like more or less on like what you're meaning is like how we're pre-programmed by people that are in our lives or our caregivers. Right. So generally between the ages of three and seven, four and eight, somewhere around there, we all had an event that happened where we learned the world wasn't safe. Somebody left us, somebody hurt us, somebody lied to us, somebody may have died things like that. And for me, when I was five, Julia, my mom and dad divorced and I never saw my daddy again. And as a result of that, I lived by, uh, I am not worthy of love and ended up having abandonment issues. And, um, thus a couple of, uh, divorces because I married for the wrong reasons. Right. You just were looking for that security. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I was just so excited to have somebody paying attention to me and loving me that I didn't really pay attention to who it was and what they were about. Um, so that was my need to be worthy and to be loved. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing, so the thing when I work with my clients, here's what I do. I take them through an exercise where we name those limiting beliefs and we give them really silly names, Julia, so that they're so obvious you can point them out when you do them. So there are things like worthless rodent or 
Um, you know, can we swear on your on your show? Duh. Okay, like dumbass <laughs> or or f an idiot or um, maybe you're a drama queen or maybe you're a self righteous uh, judge or all of these different names, so that when we find ourselves doing that behavior, we go, oh, that's that worthless rodent thing I do sometimes. Mm-hmm. Which makes it so obvious that it's ridiculous that you're even doing life from there. The other thing about these limiting beliefs is they're man they're they're behaviors that have manifested from those limiting beliefs we carry. So they're things we do. They're not who we are. And so when we are living subconsciously, we are doing rather than being our core essence of essence of who we are. That is so powerful. When I first heard you sharing that with us, I was like, oh my God, like, like just, that was like my whole purpose on this whole past month is like understanding who we are, where we came from, what experiences came out of that, and then tying that into the subconscious. And then I love hearing how you have these terms because it's so ridiculous for us to think that what our minds are telling us is true when it's not. Exactly. Another thing that happened for me when I was in the fifth grade was uh, back then we had health checks where you'd go down to the nurse's office and get your eyes checked and your hearing checked and they would weigh you and they would see how tall you were. Well, I had missed the one for the fifth grade class because my family was away on vacation. And Mm -hmm. so they sent me down to the office to be, um, to to do the makeup, right? And they put me in mm-hmm. front of the line of the whole sixth grade class. Well, the one nurse weighed me and told the other nurse how much I weighed. And I was well over 100 pounds in fifth grade at 10 years old. And there just happened to be this neighbor boy, second in line, who I had a crush on, who overheard this. And he burst out laughing and told everybody that I was the fatty and how much I weighed. And the shame from that, mm. that I carried into adulthood, believing I was not worthy because I was overweight. Like, it's just, it's horrible. It's just absolutely horrible. And I think are- that I think that with just the few minutes that we've been having this conversation, I, I I feel like my listeners are just like, oh my God, that's happened to me, or oh my God, I have this fear in me because of this, or or I have so many challenges that I didn't even think about because they're just revolving around in my subconscious mind, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's exactly it. And- and- can I ask you this? Like, do you think that the fear of abandonment and self-sabotage and all that stuff, you were being comforted by food at the time? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. So my my daddy went away and nobody really explained it. My mom was busy, you know, with her new husband and... <clears throat> I didn't have a way to process and understand what was going on. And there was a lot of pain because my dad was gone. My daddy was gone. You know, 
my whole world changed at five years old. And so um, the pain was too much. And yes, I did. I comforted myself with food. And unfortunately, I ended up turning that comfort into alcohol and spent far too many years um, comforting myself with alcohol. And I'm proud to say I have 17 years of sobriety now. You are badass. Yes. Yay. Amen, sister. Right on. Now, when did you, when did you come to realization with your own limiting beliefs? Like, was it through your recovery? Was it? I have to say that it was not through my recovery, but when I was in my coach's training program. So, you know, God, the universe source, whatever it is that you believe in, set me up really good. I was halfway through my coach's training program where I was learning about these limiting beliefs. And another belief I had was um, that I was a victim of life. So yes, I was a victim. My dad left me. Yes, I had shame over my weight. Yes, I had shame over um, my mother. She was an alcoholic too. And um, so I felt very much like a victim, but I didn't understand that I was operating from victim. And all of this was just so fascinating to me. And then halfway through, I get a cancer diagnosis. It's like God was saying to me, okay, now you know about this. You need to make a choice. Are you going to continue living like a victim or are you going to consciously Choose powerfully to change your life, transform your thoughts, and live your life differently. Right? I mean, a cancer diagnosis, right? So you're thinking, you know, the dichotomy of being in a life coach training program and getting a cancer diagnosis, when, which of course, the first time, first thing you think of when you hear that is, am I going to die? So I, I got to step into my essence of who I am bravely outside of my comfort zone and change the way I did things. And I was, and you were super scared, right? Oh, fully and it scared. was hard. Yeah, of course. Of course. It's all new. It's like learning another language, but you do it one step at a time and the rewards are amazing. When you can fully live who you are rather than being paralyzed by the fear. I know what that feels like. Yeah, I know you do. F you, fear monster. Seriously. (laughs) So, you know. It can be debilitating. It's very debilitating. It gets us stuck in perfectionism. It gets us stuck in analysis paralysis. That's what all that fear and those limiting beliefs do to us. All right. So we've got our limiting beliefs. It's connected to our subconscious. So we're operating just from basically pre-programming and and really just idling by with these limiting beliefs. Then we've got learning more. So you've got self-awareness, educating yourself, learning how to take those first baby steps, even if you feel like you can't do it. (laughs) Exactly. Um. And then identifying with your essence. Right. So I have an exercise I take my clients through where we name your essence of essence. And for instance, gosh, we should have done yours before the show. That was silly. Mine is wisdom, joy, love, 
intuition, and devotion. So I think I said those right. So when I'm feeling fearful about having to do something, I can step into my wisdom. And if I approach what I'm going to do from wisdom, it's much different than approaching it from I'm unworthy, right? Mm -hmm. Or if I am doing something like growing my business and I have to do something outside of my comfort zone, if I come from devotion, because I'm devoted to everyone knowing this work, it changes lives. I come from a completely different place than if I come from, you know, a freaking idiot. (laughs) Worthless rodent. Exactly. Is that what your one was? Yes. Okay, so is that – let me ask you a question. So I feel, you know, I've got my fear monster and he's a beast sometimes. And when I'm not practicing my self-care plan or I'm doing too much and I'm not applying my boundaries, he tends to lurk around, right? I mean, he's always there. Mm -hmm. So – but when I come from a place of educating – I could speak to a thousand people. I could pull something out of my butt and make it work with no fear, no anything. And I think that's why like me doing this podcast and giving education through the microphone, that's why it's just been so passionate and like so easy for me to do because I feel like it's limit limitless to me. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. And you yeah. faced your fears. You, you had a dark time. You faced your fears. You got up, you consciously worked through it. And you got to the other side and now you are just shining in your essence. It's so fascinating, Bonnie. I could could like talk about this stuff forever. Like any, it's just like, you know, I'm always, I, if it doesn't, if I'm not using my essence and looking at that way, like I'm paralyzed by fear. What do people think? People are looking at me. People are going to find out that I am a fraud. People are going to find out that I don't know what I'm talking about. Like people are just stuff that doesn't even make sense. Like I called my friend during my dark time and I was like, I think my dogs, my four pound Yorkies, are going to turn me into the police. Like, and it was just so ridiculous. Like when it came out of my mouth, I was just like, that doesn't even make sense. Like Mm. my animals can't talk. (laughs) (laughs) And it was so stupid, but that's what fear does. It messes with your mind. It really does. And um, it's, it's all your ego trying to keep you safe because as soon as you step outside of your comfort zone, as soon as the toes over the line, your limiting beliefs are going to pop up. Oop, are you sure you should do that? I don't know if you're smart enough. They might think you're an imposter. Oh, no, no, you better not do that. You don't know enough. You need more information before you can step out and do that. Oh, no, you can't go there and do that. You don't weigh the, you're not the white rate. You're too, you're too fat. You can't, and like it goes on and on and on, like, right? Right. And and you can't, and it's not, it's like just this feeling that you have. It's not like, it's not like there's this like, I don't know. It's like almost like it's this over, 
debilitating, overpowering moment sometimes. It's almost like somebody's holding a sign in front of you, like dancing around, like, ah, she's a joke. Yeah, it's because we're subconsciously living our lives. And so those same tapes continue to play over and over and over and over again. And we don't know how many layers there are of it until we start doing the work. And when we give them the silly names like I do when I work with my clients, it makes it so obvious that you're doing that thing again, right? That you go, oh gosh, that's, right. that's, that's, I, I need to get conscious here. I need to take a deep breath. I need to remember who I am and what I stand for. And then I'm going to, I'm going to be from here. I'm going to be that person I know myself to be when I'm conscious. And- And then it's easier for that self-reflection piece. It's easier for that self-awareness piece. Like, because you have basically, it's like a prompt for you, like a reminder. Like you've got the silly name. Yep. Right? So then you're like, oh, no, you're full of shit. (laughs) Yeah, no. Take that. Right. And so I have my clients, when I first start working with them, print and post their essence of essence. And I haven't put it in their car on their dashboard. I haven't put it in their bathroom. I haven't put it on the refrigerator. Whatever it is they're going to be to remind themselves of who they truly are at the core of their being and to live from there. And it's so, so trans- for an example on. For an example for yours, so then the worthless rodent, would you just write that on like a post-it? Like what else would you write on there? No, 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 no. I would write who I am at the core of my being, my essence. So I would remind myself that I am wisdom, love, joy, intuition, and devotion, right? So Mm -hmm. anytime my subconscious mind tries to hijack me and, 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 and reacquaints me with being worthless or... Uh, an effing idiot, I can remind mm-hmm. myself, no, I'm not an effing idiot and I'm not worthless. I am devotion. I am wisdom. I am love. I am intuition and I'm delight. I, I, I don't need to listen to that, those voices, the, those thoughts, but we can't change what we don't know, which is why it's so important to actually be aware of how deep they go and how they're so insidious. They just show up everywhere and we're so unaware of it. Mm-hmm. And that's why like some um, of my listeners or people in the community, I talk with them and, you know, we're self-sabotaging behaviors like drinking and, um, you know, uh, relationships with food. I like drew a blink. Yeah. Um, And, you know, but there's also, there's two sides of the relationship with food, like not eating enough or, you know, bulimia or anorexia and, and how those are anxiety disorders that have manifested as a behavior because of something that's happened in your life. And, and then on the flip side, you have comforting food because that's where you feel good. Um, And so you're eating and drinking like too much. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So, yeah, so it's and- just, you know, it's a lot of information, but like once you're like, you hire a coach, you go to therapy, you like read educational pieces, you connect with others that might be going through the same thing and you really speak your truth and step out, even if you're afraid, you know, a lot of people don't like to talk about mental health because of the goddamn stigma. Like, um, But we all need to know that as women, 
men too, but we're talking about women. Yeah. Um, <laughs> women need support and need help. And that's why I wanted to build this community because I knew that I wasn't the only one. Yeah. Well, clearly you're not, you're doing so well. It's an indicator of how widespread this feeling of not enough is. And when people start overeating and drink over drinking or gambling or shopping or sex or whatever it is, boy, that's an indicator that you are living subconsciously from some pain from some belief that somebody put on you and you need to get to the bottom of that and work through that because the only way to do it is to work through it and it can be nasty mind you yeah it's <laughs> but it, it can be painful and it's very challenging too because we want to um we want to protect ourselves to stay in our comfort zone and so some people are just not willing. They think they're willing to do the work and, 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 and become aware and be able to change what they don't like. But sometimes it's just too challenging for them and too confronting. I always tell my clients that, you know, sometimes it, is. sometimes it can be very confronting. But if they can just breathe through it and get to the other side of the question and find the answers for themselves, well, the reward is huge it's it's humongous and like i've been able to move through a lot of things and you know i came from a really toxic environment at work um paired with you know my limiting beliefs and subconscious and programming and anxiety like fear monster was just having um just a ball with me cuz he was just like i'm taking you down oh you're not getting out of bed today you're not doing this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take over your mind. <laughs> and it was just, just a horrible, horrible experience. But then it got me back to a place on where I was at the rock bottom. And mind you, that wasn't my first experience down there. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm being fully um, honest here. And, I just knew that I needed to take little tiny baby steps to get out. I knew I could do it. Mm -hmm. um, and anywhere was better than where I was. Right. So, so what happens is our dis-ease with ourself manifests in disease in our body. And for me, it was cancer. And for you, it was a mental illness. And it, it shows mm -hmm. up differently, but your body knows and your body eventually, it eventually will catch up with you in the form of a disease. And when I was going through my cancer journey, I don't like to say fighting because I don't like what the word fight brings up. It brings up tenseness and anger mm -hmm. and frustration. And I didn't want to go through cancer with those things. I just wanted to be able to be with it. And so when I was able to just be with the fact, surrender and accept it, that I had cancer and that I was going to be as healthy as I could through my journey, I didn't know if I was going to live or die. I was going to live full on out after that. Because once you have a brush with something that brings you to your bottom, whether, you know, it's mental illness or drinking or whatever it might be, a health issue 
you realize you have nothing to lose by stepping out into your own magnificence. And some of us need some help along the way and some support. And like you said, it can be a coach. It can be your therapist. And, you know, these people, we are trained to ask you questions to get get you to see what those things are. Mm-hmm. And then my fear monster will show up still subconsciously. And then it's like, what about this? What about this? What about this? So then I'm like, yeah, it's a, it's so definitely is playing games again. It's, it's definitely, I call it the monkey mind. It's definitely a practice to quiet the monkey mind and stop listening to it. However, it doesn't ever really go away. If it did, that would say that we are staying stuck in a comfort zone. That's probably not sourcing us. It's probably not us living our best lives either. So uh, everything that's new and exciting and joyful is outside of what we already know. So every time we step out of our comfort zone, all of those little monkey minds, those limiting beliefs, the the fear monster, like you call it, they're going to try to show back up again. And that's when knowing and having that awareness of what it looks like when it shows up in our life gives us the cue that we need to be conscious and choose to be who we are at the core of our essence and do life from there. Right. And really blasting it with those tools of self-management, self-regulation, self-awareness. So like your affirmations that tell you about your essence, like that's a huge, huge um, tool to blast its face. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and just, you know, taking a powerful stand each day that today I'm going to be joy wherever I go and to remind myself of joy all day long, or maybe today it's going to be kindness or, you know, whatever those things are. And by taking the time to check in with ourselves, by doing some breathing and slowing down and seeing if we are actually conscious to our day, to ourselves. So can you say, okay, so we've got our subconscious when we're not aware, right? So it's right. like been there for a long time. Uh-huh. We just, it's just second nature for us. But then being present, being mindful, like mm-hmm. being aware of your surroundings, that's what you're meaning, right? It's kind of like being present is being in where you are with your mind, with nothing else. So I kind of liken it like, you ever listen to an AM radio station and there's just tons of static and you can't barely hear the announcer and then you turn Mm -hmm. it to an FM station and it's super clear and you can hear every little word every little pronunciation. It's like that. It's Mm -hmm. like, you don't have all of this, uh, what woulda, coulda, shouldas, what's happening next, all of that sort of thing running around in your head. Or when you're sitting in a room and you're thinking like, before I got a handle on my weight, walking into a room, I would always be this self-righteous judge. And I would always look to see, okay, Whoever's skinnier than me, they're better than me. And whoever's fatter than me, I'm probably better than them, right? Like, how sick is that? But then I would like know who <laughs> oh, I... You're like, just trying to survive. 
yeah, I'm just being honest with you here. And so I got, I got all that going on in my head instead of walking in and just taking in what's there and seeing the people for who they are and not worrying about if I'm better or less than. I'm just really clear, open in the present moment. And when we are in the present moment, time expands because we, we're not so busy with all that other stuff running in our head at the same time. So interesting. I love this. It's and I think it I takes, think that all the women that are listening to us are like, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. But it takes practice. It takes practice to get there and it takes practice to stay there. That's why having support right. and accountability is so important. Well, and not like here's the thing too, like for me. You know, it took a while for me to fall on my face and not get up for a long time. But, you know, it's because I, I'm fine. I'm fine. Nope. I'll just keep adding more, add more, add more. You know, not standing up for myself, not speaking up about their toxicity, you know, like not letting people take advantage or, you know, all those things. And like you said, like it's it's a daily practice. Right. Because um, our at least... Our discomfort happens over a long period of time. And like you said, I'll just take on more. I'm fine. I'll just take on more. I'm fine. And pretty soon that becomes your new norm. And then then all of a sudden, then you have to take on more and you're okay. You're okay. Now that becomes your new norm. But this new norm is like a downward spiral. It's not an upward spiral. And we forget what it was like to be free of all of that and to be present and live in joy. I mean, think about, you know, when you were a kid and you were playing, all you thought about was playing. In fact, having grandkids is a great way to get back to being and being totally present because you're just in such wonder of them seeing the world for the first time. They are totally present in their day. And that's what my parents say. My parents say, you know, I get a second chance. Like maybe I didn't do things right with you and I didn't, you know, cause they were working and they were too busy and they were overwhelmed. So they were yelling all the time or they weren't there because they were working all the time. And they're like, if you and can try to apply skills to not yell at your kids as much or, or change things. Cause I used to say, well, you yelled at me and they're like, well, that doesn't matter. You can make the choice to change, yeah. you know? And they just love the grandparent thing. And they're like, you have no idea. And when you get to be a grandparent one day, you're going to understand how much joy and happiness that brings into your life. Yeah. Um, and it's because, you know, and being able to be present. Yeah. It's because, I mean, besides the fact that they're just absolutely wonderful, magical beings, our grandkids, we, mm-hmm. when we're with them, we stop and we're completely present and we don't have an agenda. And it's not like, okay, I got to get the kids in the shower. I got to make sure I get the laundry done. I've got to make sure that the kitchen's cleaned up and the lunches are ready. Like parents are trying to be with their kids and do all that at the same time. That's not being present. And 1800 activities in sports crap and you know you got to go visit yeah. family like everybody's schedules are just so packed and most families both parents work so depending yeah. on where you live 
like in Seattle. <laughs> yeah, crazy. So, but it, it's interesting in the fact of you know developing these skills and um, then using them to become more aware and then to grow from that. And I think that you know my journey has been about six months, and I feel like I'm in a good place. But like last night, like everybody. I don't know. You probably didn't get it. Maybe. Did, did you get Disney plus? No. Okay. Anyway, we got Disney plus here and I was watching Cinderella last night and I've told my husband this before. I am absolutely in love with Disneyland and wish that I could live there. <laughs> so <laughs> he's, he's like, damn it. We have to go again. This is going to cost thousands of dollars. But anyways, and the reason why, and this will connect with with what you were sharing, the reason why I love it so much is because it reminds me of when I was little. It reminds me of when I was that kid to where my only worry was to get up and get dressed and brush my teeth. Like I, before my anxiety monster, he, I can identify now he came around eight he was there lurking when I was in kindergarten, um, but he was like full force when I was eight years old. There's some other things that happened to me that, um, you know, gave birth to him in my mind <laughs> and then behaviors manifested from that. But the reason why I love Disneyland so much, it's just it just reminds me of before. And right. for me, one of my limiting beliefs would be like negative Nelly. Or, um, you know, something really like, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. No one wants to be with me. I'll just be with, you know, I'm going to be grasping for friends that maybe aren't good for me um, or friends that, you know, might have some other behaviors. So then I'm going to manifest that as well. Um, but I know all of these things now because of everything that I've been through, but my example with the negative Nelly is last night I'm watching Cinderella <laughs> and folding clothes, mind you. <laughs> and um, I was just like, got a little teary eyed because it just reminded me, you know, when I was little and when I used to watch the VHS tape until it almost wore out and I rewound, rewound it, you know, and I know like the words and the songs and it just remembered and this thought came up in my mind. So here he comes. Here's nasty fear monster. Oh yeah. That's before you were sick. Mm. That's before you lost your mind. Fear, like, fear, so, fear is a liar. Right. So he's just there. And it's just like, I had this moment or when I was remembering, and it was just so great and touching. And then it was like, that's before you were sick. Mm -hmm. And you said, go away. And you I was like, yeah. screw you. I'm going to finish watching my show. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Don't F with Cinderella. Right. But it just really, like, if you, and the reason why I can sit there and say this about the Disneyland, and I call it the land of Disney, um, 
and I can talk about the Cinderella moment last night is because I've done the work and I, I and I'm aware of where he shows up, you know, the fear monster and, exactly. and what his tactics are. And, and, you know, this goes for the same, like, Hey, maybe if I was watching Cinderella during the day, it wouldn't have been as bad because he likes to lurk around even more when I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Um, he likes to switch my mood. Mm-hmm. Um, he's nasty. I, I'm, and I'm so proud to be able to say that I found strength again and bravery and courage to face him and say, fuck off, get out of here. Like, get away. Like, I'm having my Cinderella moment and I don't want you to ruin it. Good, good <laughs> for you. And you needed to do it before she turned back into, or before the pumpkin went away or whatever it is. <laughs> before she, before she lost her shoe? Yes, midnight. Before midnight. I was like, why is the last shoe? Do you know how uncomfortable that would be? She should have broke those on the stairs. <laughs> I never even thought about how uncomfortable a glass slipper would be. <laughs> right? And she's like running on the gravel and the dirt. Yeah. Come on, Disney. <laughs> All right. So where I loved our conversation. And again, we need to get together sometime so I can just talk and talk and talk about this forever because it's I just so amazing that. yes where can my listeners find you they can find me at mcvcoaching.com same with mm-hmm. facebook and same with instagram mcvcoaching.com and i've got a gift for them on my website of five steps of facing fear and i'm offering the mm-hmm. first 10 people who sign up on my website for a free complimentary um, a discovery call to see if we are a match to work together. Oh, I love it. Yay. Yeah. And I will post those in the show notes on there for awesome. you. And then we will get the promo out for the show. And I'm so excited because we have – your show and then we have one more about rewriting our story Ooh, and that. then that's it finding her is going to sleep until january because i need a break right on <laughs> I'm tired and you want I'm tired so you want to be present for the holidays right I do. My oldest son is coming home with his fiance and uh-huh. we have uh we're the Busbies are headed to Mexico um, for some sun and some time here because here in Portland it's gloomy and doomy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, up there in Seattle. Um, but thank you so much for being on the show today. And you know we've got talking about our limiting beliefs and then powering that back with some essence. And then really getting to know a little bit about your story as well. So thank you so much for joining us and sharing. Yes, it was my pleasure. It's always wonderful to be in your presence. Oh, you're so kind. And I didn't pay you to say that. No, you did not. (laughs) (laughs) No, you did not. All right. Thank you so much and take care. Okay, girl. Bye-bye. Bye.